You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Welcome to your queer story. The podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism. I haven't missed that for like eight episodes. Yeah, you haven't um, said it. That's because of quarantine. It makes me crazy. That's right. And also, I remembered it because we've spent like four hours recording at this point. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to get it all done. Uh, I'm pretty proud of us. By the way, we just want to let you know now, uh, we're not going to have an episode next week, so... Just yeah, get your panties out of a bunch. Breathe through it. What week are we going to be missing? We are going to be missing. This is dropping right before the first, so or the uh, the July. Let me get my little thing out here. So this episode is dropping on yes on July first. So we will be missing July eighth, and when we come back on the fifteenth, we are going to be talking about um. International Drag Day. So, the reason we're taking that break, that week off, mm -hmm. unintentionally, but actually what's happening is because my fucking birthday, bitches. That's, and... <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what it is. <laughs> no, uh, we need a day off, uh, a little break. Evan yes. does a lot of research and then all the editing and everything. It's it's a lot. It's It has been a lot. And so we had we try to balance it because we're very busy now and I'm happy to be very busy, but we had to take a little bit more frequent days off. So I think that like what, like every two months or every six weeks or something, we've been taking a day mm -hmm. off and it's probably going to be that way. But we are giving you better content. I believe. Better content, more quality, more mm -hmm. time put into it. Um, yeah. and for the sake of us, but also for our partners, we need to give yes, them a little break too. Exactly. Yeah. We got it. We got to be able to spend time with them. So that's why we've been recording more together. So that's also like we talked about in our behind the Queens, but if you haven't listened to them yet, like it's cause we, you're not a patron and you need to get on that. That's right. $3, $3 a month. You can be a patron and you can listen to our behind that's the Queens. That's less than a coffee from Duncan. So, oh, you're going to be one of those people. You're gonna be one of those like you'd be a millionaire if you just didn't no, buy I'm coffee. No, I'm just saying it's day. less than a coffee for, yeah. at Dunkin'. If you can afford a coffee at Dunkin', you can afford to be a patron and support the podcast. That's Maybe all they I'm want saying. their coffee though. Okay, buy so your I'm coffee and you know make your coffee at home and listen to your queer story. <laughs> but um, our point was that because we've been recording less, the um, the behind the queens is becoming less frequently, or it's not like gonna. It's becoming timely. a little harder to maintain and have relevant content for it because we're recording yeah. a week or two in advance and so it's hard to be on a current event if the current event hasn't happened yet exactly but we are do still doing the behind the queens mm -hmm. but like you said it's just not every single week like we had originally had right but 
In place of that, we are doing our LGBTQ support group every single Friday. That's a virtual support group. You're welcome to join. You just have to message us first. And um, at this time, the new website should be live. Mm -hmm. uh, your Queer Story has added a new branch of our uh, queer information, which is called Queer Digest. Yeah. And you can see that at QueerDigest.com. It is a news aggregation site of all aspects of the queer community and uh the goal is that is it is as representative as possible mm -hmm. covering everything from asexual intersexual bisexual pansexual gay lesbian there's a travel section where you can see um i put some travel bloggers on there who you know show their queer friendly places that they've gone to mm -hmm. all around the world um yeah. and it's growing i'm looking to add more content and be more inclusive of everybody so if you know any great news website or bloggers that you follow that you think would you would like to see on there yeah. uh, just let us know it's all queer writers authors queer content directly from the source so whereas a lot of groups will pull from these these sources to make write their own stuff you can go directly to the sources so we're you know it's a if you want to be added to that as long as you're queer content and you're queer run and it's inclusive it's not yeah. Yeah, we're not going to, we're not, if you're like, this is for white gays only, yeah, they're not going on there. But right. you know, probably gays for Trump aren't going to go on there. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, and on top of that, there's also a search bar that will by default search Google, but there will be a tab after you search, like how when you Google something, you mm -hmm. click images and all that. Yeah. And that will be the called the Queer Nut, which actively searches. So if you look up, say, Marsha P. Johnson, mm -hmm. you will first land on the Google results, but then if you click on Queer Nut, that will pull you all Marsha P. Johnson results from websites like Pink News or Queer TV exactly. or, you know, it's only going to be pulling from these queer sources. So, you know, you're getting a legitimate story and you're not getting, you know, dead names or misgendering or whitewashing or uh, straightwashing of yeah. queer history. You're actually pulling from queer sources. Exactly. And um, if you missed it, that website is QueerDigest.com and that'll be linked in the script as well. So we are providing more stuff, and that is because of our Patreons, because they are the ones who pay for us to do this, to have yeah, the podcast. They have paid for this website. <laughs> they've paid for your queer story. They've paid for the hosting. They've paid for our equipment. They are the ones who provide this for you. Yes, they pay for your support group, which you're welcome to join. So we really honestly thank our patrons so much. So if you're giving to your queer story, just know that it's going to good stuff. Mm -hmm. We haven't stopped working. We're still creating stuff. And we're still helping people. We're still talking to people regularly. We still have our queer mentorship program. That's still something that's happening. And um, it's cool because our, our mentors have been able to get on some of our support groups and talk and connect to people. So um, good stuff is still happening. So don't think so. If you think, wow, my $3 a month, what's happening with that? You're doing a lot with yeah, that $3, $3 a month. $3 a month times multiple people adds up. It's and a lot. Yeah. It is appreciated to... Um, no end. Yeah, it really is. So thank we've done you so, so much, much, like you said. Exactly. We're doing great. So do you have any plans for the fourth? Um, David has that weekend off. It's my birthday weekend. I, so I have no idea. But I love my birthday. So he better yeah. have um, something planned. That's all I got to say. I'm <laughs> hoping to go away, but it depends on whether my, my – it's not that my sister cares if we bring our dogs, but they're staying in this really nice Airbnb right now because they're just doing construction on their house. Yeah. So, so those people have to let us bring our dogs. Mm -hmm. 
There's also a small chance that we could have a kid by then, but I don't know because you never know yeah, what's going to happen. Weeks, so who knows? Exactly. So we we might not be going, but if everything works out, our plan is to go down to Virginia it's for a couple of days. Two weeks of recording us. I know. I know. I'm hoping to go. I haven't seen her in a while. Normally, we see Deanna every couple months, and it's been like Jesus. I mean, it might. Been a while. It's been a while. Samantha went, but yeah, Samantha did go and see her, but that was in January, I think. Or end of mm-hmm. uh, December, so yep. so we're two weeks from the fourth, and about three and a half weeks from my family coming out. So yeah. we have a lot of stuff coming in July. I'm pretty excited. We about. do. Are we having a surprise wedding? Or are you not going to tell me you're just going to spring it on us? Text me. And be Would like, I be surprised if that happened? No. But no. is there a plan for that happening right now? No. It's going to happen. I know. Probably. I'll, I'll get a text, and he'd be like, "What are you doing this afternoon?" And I'll be like, <laughs> "Well, I guess I'm coming to your wedding, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> no, we see. The thing is, we were like ready to start planning and stuff, but then like this COVID yeah. happened, and it's like. Like, you can't really plan for something because we originally wanted to do it in October, but it's like, who knows what's going to be happening in October and everything's been closed. So it's not like we have anybody to actually get in contact with. Yeah. I feel so bad for my friends that were planning to get married this year. Like a lot of them have had their weddings canceled. They push it back. My one friends, they've been together for 10 years and this was the year they were going to get married and they, they're putting it back to next year because they Mm -hmm. want everybody to be there. It's a huge celebration. And so it's um, I'm feeling for you. If you were planning to get married this year, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really am. Um, maybe next year we'll have a new president and things will be looking up and, and you'll be glad that you waited. I don't mm-hmm. know. But our hearts go out to you. <laughs> so, yes. Today's Minnesota is dedicated to a special person indeed and perfectly addresses a longstanding issue in the LGBTQ plus community. In March of this year, former representative. Former Representative Aaron Schock came out as gay. The name may be familiar as the politician made quite a name and a scandal for himself in the brief five years he was in Congress. And in fact, we have discussed him before in part in the past during one of our I'm not gay, you're gay episodes. Aside from the corruption charges for spending fraud, the former Republican congressman has also faced rumors of being gay. And the word rumors is an understatement as they've been backed with photos, videos, and everything short of a confession from shock. Yet, for whatever reason, the politician did not see it beneficial until now to come formally out as gay. Perhaps the success of Pete Buttigieg's campaign inspired him, or perhaps he has found a new angle he can work. And we don't mean to be like cynical about people coming out, but as we get into the story of Aaron Shock, I think you're going to be like, Okay, but fuck that guy. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, I'm all for people coming out and, and I don't believe in outing someone, but I just like, you're such an asshole. Mm-hmm. And, and, and everyone's like, we just got to welcome him into the community. No, no, we'll get to that. Fuck him. Before we get into his coming out statement, let's learn a little bit more about Aaron Schock. He was born in Minnesota and spent the first several years of his life in a farm before his family relocated to Peora, Illinois. In high school, Shock became interested in business and bought his first piece of real estate. He was ready to start his life and requested permission to graduate early, but the school board denied his request. So upon his graduation, Aaron Shock decided to run for the school board election. He won his seat by a 57% vote and became the youngest member on the board. He would work his way up the board and become the, young school, the youngest school board president in Illinois history. Even though the school board had blocked him from early graduation, Shock had enrolled in his local community college anyway and took dual courses in high school and college. He obtained his bachelor's degree just two years after his high school graduation, and two years later he ran for Illinois State Senate at the age of 23, and four years later he ran for a U.S. Senate seat. 
Upon winning that election at 27 years of age, Aaron Schock became the youngest senator in the country. He was a rising Republican star and a darling of the conservative right. There was certainly speculation about how much how such a successful, handsome, and fit young man would be would still be single. The rumors had swirled since his state election in 2004, but for many years there was just whispers. And he is very fit. You could see pictures of him. In fact, he was on the cover of Men's Health magazine with his shirt open, and he had these ridiculous six uh, six pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, he's very handsome. He's very successful, very motivated, and you're 27 years old, and people are like, haven't found a girl yet, huh? That's odd. It just, it's a, it's this stereotype, but it's also kind of true, right? Yeah. During his time as a U.S. Senator, Aaron Schock voted against extending federal hate crime law to cover LGBTQ plus people. He voted against the Employment Discrimination Amendment, which would cover LGBTQ plus people in the workplace, the same law that was threatened by the Trump administration and recently upheld by the Supreme Court. Schock voted against the repeal of the military's Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, which would allow gay and lesbian personnel to serve openly. He voted to block funds that attacked DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, instead upholding the program that directly blocked gay Americans from accessing federal recognition of same-sex marriage, all of which should not have come as all of which, which should have come at little surprise as he took a very hard and open stance against gay marriage during his campaign. And this is just kind of like you can see his privilege here yes because he is this like attractive well-toned white male Mm -hmm. he's like well i get to do all of these things and i think everything's fine and if you want to do something else like that's wrong yeah because i can do whatever i want to do and i have no repercussions that's literally why i wanted to cover him because it's that whole thing that we're seeing now like with the black lives matter movement and just in general where i'm just i'm too I'm done with the privileged gaze. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do it anymore, you know? And so then, like, Aaron Schock, like, he's very butch. He's very, like, he, it. he's the one gay that even the conservatives will be like, all right, well, we'll put up with you, son. Mm-hmm. But that's just because you're not one of those sissy gays. Right. You're one of you those know? good old American guys. And you know what? You got a little sin in you, but you're still upholding the good conservative values. Exactly. And he so aggressively attacked lgbtq rights and you're right you'd be like well that was his internalized homophobia yeah it was okay and all of that i could understand but when we get to his apology or or whatever his statement it's just like dude you just there is nothing about you that wants to change or be a better person you just don't want to have to be in the closet anymore that's why you came out because it's too dark in there and you need a new angle to work and it's not about making anything right and you can go fuck yourself in 2014, the Human Rights Campaign gave Aaron Schock a 0% rating for his voting record on LGBTQ plus equality. Ironic, as the man was currently living with his male roommate and showering the so-called roommate with gifts. A fact brought to light that came that same year when journalist Ite Had revealed Schock's roommate to the world and the fact that the anti-gay senator spent quite a good bit of his free time visiting the D.C. gay bars, essentially... Had outed the senator who had previously strongly denied the long-standing rumors that he was gay. In his coming out statement, Shock states that once his truth was exposed, he planned to come out, but then was faced with a more disturbing article. So again, back to that privilege. You're living in D.C., going to all the gay bars. Your boyfriend lives with you. You use, which we'll find out, government funds to give him gifts. And then you're going to go into Congress every day and you're going to vote against LGBTQ equality. Because it's the privilege. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to worry about he it. He doesn't have to care. Doesn't have to care. Good for you, Aaron. 
The Washington Post dropped an article in February of 2015 concerning a claim filed by the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, known as Crew. Crew asserted that shock spending was excessively lavish and even criminal. And we didn't address it here, but if you in our "I'm Not Gay, You're Gay" episode um, talks about how like they it looked like it was a room decorated by Downton Abbey. And like he had like plume feathers and crimson walls and a chandelier, and so it was very excessive. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's just your fucking work office, man. What are you doing? Right. He said he never watched Downton Abbey, and I believe that. But I think he paid probably his boyfriend to decorate the room. Yeah. And it was you paid a gay person, and they made a gay. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Uh, Shock has made quite a name for himself in regards to his vanity. As crew executive Ann Wiseman stated, again and again, Representative Shock's seeming obsession with his image impedes his ability to conduct himself in an ethical manner. As a whole, many people in Washington were becoming more and more annoyed with the young senator's arrogance and plain narcissism. Famed gay Senator Barney Frank even once commented on the politician's looks. He spent entirely too much time in the gym for a straight man. I mean... (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Literally, the only thing he ever cared about was his looks. That's why, like, and he would talk about that. And he's like, you know, we people have to see, like, TMZ loved to follow him around. And he'd be like, people have to see that we're accessible. But really, you're just so fucking vain. You're Mm -hmm. so obsessed with yourself. And he did spend a lot of time in the gym. Aaron Shock, to this day, perfectly embodies white, privileged gays whose only concern is for themselves and their looks. His voting record not only decimated the LGBTQ plus community, but he also voted against women's reproductive rights, against race-based affirmative action, and against the DREAM Act. He voted repeatedly to repeal the, repeal the Affordable Care Act and openly endorsed the waterboarding of prisoners. If it doesn't affect Aaron Schacht, then he doesn't seem to care. So what if people can't afford insurance? Not Aaron's problem. Dreamers being threatened to be sent to a place they've never known? Again, not Aaron's problem. And he made that clear in his recent coming out statement when he added, I realize some of my political beliefs run very much counter to the mainstream LGBTQ movement. I hope that others can accept that for me being gay has not required stepping into some entirely new belief system. So therefore he's saying... Mm-hmm. I look just like a straight white man, yep. kind of. I mean, you know, yeah. but I've never had to deal with that. So guess what? I don't care and I'm not going to worry about it. That's your problem, not mine. Exactly. That's even, literally what that says. Even in coming out, he's like, look, guys, I'm not going to believe like you because I'm not really like you people. Uh, you know, I can still have my conservative mo- um, beliefs that fuck everyone over. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Apparently, the entirely new belief system of empathy and understanding for other circumstances is too much to ask of the 39-year-old former senator. Again, by now, the man is nearly 40, and you're still acting this way. Mm-hmm. At 27, I'd be like, you're young, you're arrogant, and you're still figuring yourself out. Right. Come on, dude. Grow the fuck up. You have been in politics for almost 20 years. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Despite his repeated pleas for empathy and understanding of his situation. After the Washington Post article, Aaron Schuck's campaign launched an internal investigation that did reveal many discrepancies in the senator's spending. Again, I didn't put this in there, but like it was obvious theft. Like he put that him, he had put 170,000 miles on his car um, and he was being reimbursed. And then they found out he'd only put 18,000 miles on his car. Yeah. So again, you're just not a good person. This right. isn't, he's trying to be like, I was just in the closet and it was just so hard for me. Oh, being in the criminal. closet has nothing to do with lying about stuff mm-hmm. like that. This isn't, that's not what it was. Even right. if you were say your voting record was because in the closet, you stealing money from your constituents is not because you were in the closet. Right. 
Shock resigned from his position in March of 2015, but came under scrutiny of a federal investigation. He was indicted on 24 counts of fraud, false statements, and false tax returns. But the young politician wouldn't go down without a long and brutal fight. Finally, in March of 2019, prosecutors agreed to drop the charges in exchange for six months of probation and $110,000 in fees. This is four years of fight and he fought them. And I guess eventually they're like, okay, just... Mm-hmm. Don't do it again and pay us some money. In September of last year, the probation ended and the charges against Aaron Schock were formally dropped. And this is another view of white privilege. Exactly. Because here this man stole however much money mm-hmm. this entire time, voted against people, was got a 0% from the HRC, mm-hmm. and they're like, here's a little, a little slap on the wrist. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have people of color doing nothing, being murdered, being arrested, uh huge percentage of a vast mm-hmm. majority of the prison population is a people of color because yeah. of the discrimination and here this guy is stealing right in front of everybody's eyes and they're like oh man sorry and it was so obvious i mean like they would like they track the the locations on his phone so like he would bill a tr- business trip and say he was going to texas and he'd actually go to mexico for the weekend with his boyfriend mm-hmm. and he would bill all of that and so I mean, like 24 counts of indictment, they had stuff on him, but they didn't have, he wasn't a big enough fish to spend all that time fighting right? and, you know, being able to prove it all. And when you're campaigning, it does get a little muddy. And so, but he, again, he had the resources to fight that for four right. years until they finally dropped the From all that um, money he stole. Exactly. Of course he had all those resources. He had the resources, <laughs> and, but he has, still has the arrogance to not realize that most people don't have that privilege. Right. Most people can't even get themselves a lawyer to prove that they didn't rape a person, and you can uh, afford to fight the government for four years. Mm-hmm. Fuck you again, Aaron Schock. In fact, yep. I think that should just be the title of this. Fuck you, Aaron Schock. Oh, that's a, that's a good title. <laughs> During his so-called probation, Shock was seen living it up at Coachella, Mexico City, and Los Angeles. Video and photos surfaced of his his living his best gay life, including a video of him kissing another man. Yet he still had not come out nor addressed his aggressive voting record against the LGBTQ plus community. While he partied with his friends, he enjoyed the wealth and status that his privilege gave him. And while most of the queer community condemned him, several gays turned a blind eye to the man who had wreaked so much havoc. So fuck you and fuck your friends that are still like, it's okay, Aaron, you're doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. In March of this year, the politician, who is nearly 40 years old and spent 10 years attacking the queer attacking queer rights, came out as gay. The statement he posted to Instagram is quite long, but here are a few parts. We've also linked the post in our script. I'm gay. For those who know me and those who know of me, this will come as no surprise. For the past year, I have been working through a list of people who I felt should hear the news directly from me before I made a public statement. He talks- Everybody saw the fucking pictures, dude. Yeah, right? He talk. I, I'm like, <laughs> really? Your parents saw this, and he still talks about how he had to go to come out to his mom, and they just didn't believe him. Shut up, Aaron. Shut up. They didn't believe you. He's like, it just came out of the blue. I'll read it in a minute. They were completely surprised. <laughs> okay. He talks about his life in Illinois and how he was sheltered but driven to succeed. It's a lot about, and he talk. He mentions, of course, how he was the first. School how board he had president. to battle it, and he had to do all this and you come know, he, up against all of these against odds. Against all odds. You guys don't know what I've been through. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that he threw himself into his work and said, I put ambition over truth, which not only hurt me, but hurt others as well. He continues to discuss other reasons why he did not come out, such as fear of losing his Senate seat. He tells a sad story, which is often the story for those who grew up in the Midwest. His statement to his family's reaction to the news reads as such, 
To characterize some of the conversations with my family in general, it is fair to say it has not been an instant case of acceptance and understanding. What I had to share was unwelcome news to every single person in my family, out of the blue in some cases, and was met with sadness, disappointment, and unsympathetic citations to scriptures. He then goes into his reasons for his aberrant voting record around LGBTQ plus issues. Rather than apologizing, he makes excuses and throws barbs at those he assumes, rightly, will attack him. I can live openly now as a gay man, he states, because of the extraordinary brave people who had the courage to fight for our rights when I did not. Gay bloggers who rallied people to our cause. I realize this in spite of the intense and sometimes vicious criticism I have received from these same people. You have straight people sitting next to you Mm -hmm. voting to uphold these things. Yeah. And you're sitting there voting against them. You didn't have to like vote against them to prove that you weren't gay. Fuck you for pretending exactly. that. Exactly. And the whole thing is like the whole, the whole thing is just written to garner pity. Like it's I don't believe it's not genuine at all. No. Like I believe it's a story. They're like you have to po- you have to post something. You have to post something. Yeah. He's like fine, watch what I'll post. And he just p- talks about how it, the government was against him and everybody was mean to me and after all that I overcame and I just tried so hard to come out and my parents they're quoting bible verses at me and I I don't mean to belittle that because I get that that is painful. It truly is painful. But when you read the statement it's so much of Woe is me, self-pity. There's no he never says I'm sorry. He never he, he doesn't acknowledge half the stuff that he actually voted against. He doesn't do any of that. He just throws a couple of things and be like, Well, I had to vote against those same guys to protect me, but you know, and I know that people are gonna write about me, but you know, I, I guess they should, but um, you know, they've just been so critical of me. Like you just <laughs> it's just so whiny. Did he ever grow up? He should have just stayed in yeah, high school he, because it's not clearly like he's this <laughs> Apology sounds like it's coming from like a 22 year old on Facebook who got caught saying the N word or something. Yeah, exactly. It, it's literally, it, he's so immature. It's like you should have just stayed in high school and been a kid because you never grew up, man. Right. You learned how to do a lot of things with money, but you never grew up. Mm-hmm. All throughout the statement, he speaks of how unfair and how unjust the government was to him and how hard it, his coming out has been. And we do not mean to belittle the fear and rejection many LGBTQ plus people face when they come out of the closet. We just wonder how a person can feel that kind of fear and rejection and not relate to those around them. What about the young woman who is fearful of raising a baby she does not want or cannot care for? Is there no compassion for her? What about the black mother who watches her son leave the house every day and wonders if he'll return safely? Or the dreamer who has built an entire life in their home here in America and now sees it threatened? What about the rejections others faced when they lost their jobs or did not have their hate crimes taken seriously? Not once did Aaron Shock apologize for what he did to his queer siblings and fellow citizens. Instead, Aaron Shock's coming out statement reeks of the stale emptiness that shows he has learned nothing from his experience. Coming out is a painful experience no matter who you are, but is also beautiful. And our coming out Our eyes are often open for the first time and we shed the dead weight of our own outward bigotry and internalized hate. That is what coming out should signify. But instead, it seems the fading star is just looking for another angle to reinvent himself. As Jonathan Van Ness wrote, his apology wholly dodged any responsibility in the awful actions he perpetrated against our community. And this is only the surface issue. Aaron Schock represents the side of the gay community that the rest of us are done with. 
If you don't stand for all human rights, then you have no place in our community. If you cannot see the oppression of all people, then we do not welcome you here. There is no longer a gay rights movement. We are a queer revolution that embraces the struggles of all our siblings. So dance your perfect body away on a beach and fade from our timelines, Aaron Shock. Join the group of other gays more obsessed with their tan and six-pack than in the fight for true equality. If you and your friends are not here to stand for justice and humanity, then no, you are not welcome here either. There you go. Fuck you, Aaron Shock. There we go. So that's our thoughts. If you were wondering what we thought <laughs> about his coming out, because a few people have been like, "Did you see? Are you want? You know?" Mm-hmm. And uh, that's our thoughts on Aaron Shock. And you know what? Uh, I do want to add this thing. I'll be quick. There is, and whenever I learned this in recovery, but whenever you're trying to right a wrong, you acknowledge, you apologize, and you amend. And a lot of people will only acknowledge, they won't ever apologize or amend. Some people acknowledge and apologize, but often I see people don't amend. And amending is taking um, tangible, active steps to right a wrong. So if Aaron Shock comes out and he starts to actively right his wrongs, then you know what? We'll take it back and we'll say we're sorry and you know we're glad that you've grown. But most likely, it's see, it, from right now, it seems that he has no interest in self-growth. He doesn't see that what he's done is wrong or harmful. He just sees that he's been the victim of all this. And you're not a victim, Aaron Shock. You're perfectly fine. You're okay. Your career is going to be fine. Maybe you won't be a politician again, but you'll find plenty of work. Not, you are okay. And so that's why we don't have a problem telling you that you can go fuck yourself there you go (laughs) so stay queer don't get a lobotomy we love you our little allied hookers and a little succulent sapphist resist the oppressors and Aaron shock our proud homocrats (laughs) and make sure you have a safe sodomy circus or don't and black lives matter yes bye thanks for listening remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at your queer story like what you heard Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.